you know I'm all about uplifting black stories and black voices and and black people and black businesses and, and whatever else just black earth thing. So this week's episode is extra special to me. We've got some extra special guests. So let's let's just get into it, y'all. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 13. And this week we have some very, very special guests. Uh, we have the ladies from the very popular Spill It Card Game. I'll go ahead and let you guys introduce yourselves. Tell us about yourself, who you are, what the game is. Just go ahead and get into it. Okay. Well, we are Spill It Card Game. Um, you are talking to two of the three um Great, phenomenal, and amazing founders. Um, my name is Christian Eglin. I am a Detroit native living out in the Bay Area, working as a program manager by day, spill it card game connoisseur by night. <laughs> I like that connoisseur. And my name is Alexis. I am also one third of Spill It. Um, born and raised in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And um, I am a full time consultant and then spill it full time after that as well. So. Wonderful, wonderful. So very, very happy to have you ladies on. Just a little background for all of the listeners out there. I went to a phenomenal event uh, where it was, there was brunch, there were games, there were drinks. And uh, in true me fashion, I uh, had as much as I could to drink and I showed my ass a little bit. But, uh, <laughs> period. But yeah, that's what introduced me to this lovely game. This, And let me tell y'all, if you are like me, where you like getting into the tea with your friends, absolute perfect game for it. My sisters and I played this together. And let me just tell you, um, some of these questions, we just had to go ahead and sip that drink. <laughs> oh my God. So we might be embarrassing ourselves. <laughs> but that's yes. All right. So very excited to have you on. So very, very excited uh, to talk uh, to two enterprising Black women who have created something fun and light and jovial for our community. I think yeah. oftentimes they look at Black women and they're like, you know what, you know, you gotta, you gotta create a movement, you gotta create, you know, something political, and you gotta, but you know, we all just need to have fun. Right. We need to get into it with our friends, have us a little drink, and I, we absolutely love this, ladies. Uh, so just tell us a little bit about what your motivation behind this was. How did this, this come to you? How did you all meet each other? Because we loved hearing your story at the event you had. Oh, thank you. Um, I can talk just a little bit about like what the game is, and I'll let Christian talk about like our origin story of us as friends. But um, we <clears throat> we decided to create a, a card game that is conversation starting. We want we look back on like our college years and thought about all the, the times that we had together that was precious to us, um, and it was all the conversations that we had. So we set out to make a game that encompasses thought-provoking conversation starters that allows you to be yourself, tell your stories, um, sip a little bit, play a lot of bit, and really get to know the people around you. And during this, like we created in the pandemic time, um, that was kind of missing for us. So our card game starts with like, it has three levels to it. And it's not that they get harder for each level, but the more 
the more lit you get, the more drinks you have, the more comfortable you are, um, the better your answers or your stories will be as you level up to each level. And, and it's, it's supposed to create a warm environment for people to be themselves, talk a little bit, laugh, um, get to know each other. And we create the questions, tested the questions, retested them, re revised them. And we never get tired of playing it. Every time it's different. And we really truly get to know each other a little bit more. Like it, it doesn't matter if you met somebody for the first time or you've known them for years. It's just always still something to learn about people. You have more in common than you think. So yeah. it, it's light. It's fun. It's it's just it's full of laughter and energy, like you said. It's not like something too too deep, but we have those questions that could get very deep. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we set out on this adventure just to bring conversations and, and people together. Absolutely, no, I absolutely love that. Oh yeah, okay, my turn. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, spill it. How did we start? How did we meet? Um, so we three met at Hampton University way back when in 2014, um, in the five-year MBA program, um, at Hampton. So school of business, shout out to y'all. Um, we initially started, you know, just kind of as acquaintances on little school, you know, classroom projects here or there. And as we started kind of working, we started talking and then studying. And um, once, especially when we got to grad school. So with the five-year program, we did three and a half years undergrad and then a year and a half in grad. Um, And so when grad school came around, not only were you maybe doing a work study or working a side job, but you also had graduate assistantships. And then you also had late night evening grad classes. So after Mm. all of that was said and done, you still had homework to do. You still had class projects to do. Mm-hmm. So you might get out of your grad school class at like 930 and then it's back to grind time. And so we would, you know, kind of rotate houses. Lex and I were roommates in grad school and then Brandy had her own spot. Mm-hmm. And we would kind of alternate between the two, um, you know, bringing food over, go grab you something to eat, go to the grocery store, get a bottle of wine, come back. We'll work hard together and then we'll drink, have a good time. And then, you know, just chat. And so, you know, we would do all those things. And as we're chatting, you know, we started studying before the game nights, just studying for study nights, but Mm -hmm. specifically for the conversations. So, oh, I saw this funny thing on HBCU confessions, or there was a strawberry letter that I was listening to when I came into work earlier, and I want to ask y'all about it. And so Mm -hmm. we would just kind of compile either a list on our notes or when we started really getting official with it and we started bringing other people into the fold, it was Mm -hmm. like a bowl. And then you write in your, your questions on little sticky notes and fold them up and stick them in the bowl. And, um, that was honestly the original part of spill it. We would say that Hanson brought us together and it did the wine nights after school was what made us friends. And then when it came down to um, the pandemic, by then we had all graduated with our bachelor's and our master's. We started working our corporate jobs and um, it was great. You know, we loved the work that we were doing, but being at home alone, kind of isolated from each other, we all three live in different states. Um, We would just kind of, you know, chop it up every once in a while, just catching up, seeing how we were doing, checking on each other's mental. And this one particular time, we was just like, girl, let me tell you, 
I can't do this for the rest of my life. Like, that's not something that I want to do. This is not my ministry. What do we do? And um, we started kind of brainstorming. And then we went back to, we don't need to necessarily recreate the wheel. Why don't we create something that's built off of our friendship? And that was us tying it back to wine night. So if you notice, our first deck, the black deck, it's called Wine Night Edition. And that okay. deck is really celebrating the origin of our friendship and the way that the conversations would go from relationships to sex, to business goals, to mm-hmm. um, generational wealth, generational wealth, all of those different right. things that we would talk about, the dreams that we had for each other, the, our perspectives. And as we've iterated the game, as we play it ourselves, as we test new questions, I've even noticed that when we're talking about things, our perspectives are changing the older that we're getting. So at mm-hmm. one point when we were talking about is flirting considered cheating before, it's like, if you look at my man wrong, I'm a, you look at so-and-so wrong, I'm a, and now it's like, we've lived a little bit, we're a little bit more seasoned. So the conversations are continuously evolving, um, which I think is a really beautiful thing. That is that what a positive, what a beautiful story. HBCU educated. You know, I, my sister would kill me if I didn't shout out her HBCU too. You know, my sister went into Howard. So she was That's like, all right. she hey. said, you got to let them know what the real HU is. And I said, I'm not even going to get in the middle. <laughs> she, she didn't have to do that. She didn't have to do that. But we, we love it. We love her. We love our HU, HU fam. We do. Absolutely. And it's beautiful seeing this kind of creativity, this kind of ingenuity coming out of HBCUs because, you know, they assume that, you know, when, when it, especially when it comes to the industry of card games and like board games and stuff like that you know it's kind of been monopolized you know cards against humanity was brought out at every single solitary function i went to for like five years and i'm like this is only funny to white people so i'm gonna sit out Uh. yeah and on top of that since we've started spill it we've been kind of immersed in and it's very genuine i mean (laughs) people start going and looking up other black card games and there's so many there's pour up that we collaborated with on multiple occasions um there is uh culture tags um phase 10 which is an old school kind of uno that came out before uno um Black Card Revoked. I mean, there's just so many different ones. Um, Hella Awkward is another yeah, one. Yeah. yeah, so there is a community of us, but people don't know about what we do. And honestly, the conversations that we need to have as a culture, mm-hmm. e- even if they're just regular conversations about relationships, Absolutely. I mean, we see the gender wars, not going to get into all of that. Oh, but, Lord. You know, just being able to create safe spaces for Black people Absolutely. to have a good time Yes, what we're in the business of doing. Absolutely. And and Sierra, like, I'm really, really glad that we got a chance to talk to you because, like, one, you've experienced, like, you were there when we hosted the the game night. And that's kind of how we made our connection. And we, I think one of the things that we strive to do with our deck without us even being there is to create an environment where people feel seen, they feel heard, they feel like they can Mm -hmm. have an opinion um, in, in a safe space. 
and that's what we try to emulate like at our game night so did you feel that like being a part of the game night, did you feel like you were with a community absolutely absolutely what i will say is that like you know as a you know at a, as a native milwaukee and you probably have experienced this too but a lot of the events that happen in the city like because i've been to like a, the, the kind of same kind of theme events like adult game night or something like that and they're always geared towards like white middle-aged people where it's like that kind of brand and it's it's really hard to feel comfortable there and within this environment I, I'm sure you guys saw I, I was very comfortable I was I was very myself and you know my sisters did like they I wasn't gonna I I'd I be asleep and I'd be in my bed so <laughs> when my sisters was like oh it's it's gonna be a late night br-. I said late night uh what you mean past nine thirty? <laughs> oh hell no nah. let us tell it you were oh. the star of the show that's why we named you our MVP <laughs> Look, and that's that's what my sister said. They were like, I don't know why you was complaining because you was in your element the whole night. And I was like, you know what? Uh, uh, half liquor, half, you know, just me being me. So, <laughs> But absolutely, it felt so. And to have like not only like other people participating and there was good music and there was, you know, good energy, good topics of discussion and everything. It just felt so like it just it makes your heart full because you really don't let let the media tell it black people cannot get together and have a good time and they you know they can't just get together and and do something fun and lighthearted without something happening and this kind of stuff happens all the time black people we get together we drink play card games you know we, we 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 talk a little shit you know what i'm saying and we we have a good time and it happens so often and especially some of the the because i know the i we loved the bingo part of your game where we were going around and interacting with people and you know asking them the questions on the card and asking them some of the questions from the deck like it was so interesting because i think one of them was like you know um find somebody who has had sex with somebody and they didn't know their name and i had to uh, uh bow my head because it ain't never happened to me uh but it doesn't happen to me so um i was like yeah uh put my name on your card but don't tell nobody so uh it was definitely it was so fun and i mean like we and uh, some of the people that were there we had gone to high school together. We had worked professionally together and we had never gotten to interact in this capacity. And I'm like, girl, you are, ha- we having so much fun here. Let me get your Instagram. Let me get your number. We need to do this again in the future. So not just the environment that you all created, but making those connections. Look, we had, look, what's that one? We had a time that night. Okay. Last night. <laughs> I said, we got home. I was like, girl, we had a time last night. She said, that was all you, girl. I'm like, look, <laughs> I was having me some fun. I'm glad. Like, you know, that's that that's important to us because one, and like it brings our game to life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you really get to experience each other. Cause you know, like we we're much as human beings, we're just much more alike than we think. Absolutely. And to your point of like, especially black people in general, like we can go out, we can have fun, we can actually get to know each other. And like exchange business cards at the end of the day. Like that is one of our favorite 
parts of just seeing everybody interact and exchange social media or exchange business cards like oh you do this I do this too like let's link up and do something together and like being able to be that bridge it, it's like okay yeah like we, we can keep doing this and we will just we'll keep doing our part because I feel like that is a part of, of what we create here as well. Absolutely so. and you know what that that brings up a very interesting question that I had one of the things that I like to talk about on my show all the time is uh what is something that we as a people need to be free from uh one of the examples i like to use is hypotheticals um i know you done logged into facebook one day and somebody done posted something oh you just got out of jail and your wife's sitting in the front seat who you supposed to give a hug first her or your mama what are what's the situation that you <laughs> what's the situation what, what, what is what's something you think we as a community need to be free from because the conversations that we had that night they were genuine you know we could participate in them with with empathy and compassion for one another so what was something that you think we as a people we just need to free ourselves from oh um i could think of one um the and i haven't heard this in a while so maybe we're we're getting we're getting better but the whole what do you bring to the table conversation we need to admit it like I'm so over it. I don't think white people have this conversation. I, they, I, I feel like I'm almost ninety percent sure that they do not have these conversations. So I really want us to stop the "what do you bring to the table as a man or as a woman?" Like that just needs to be dead. Because if we actually knew the value of a relationship, of a marriage, and a family, the way that our counterparts do—not just white, but white, Indian, Asian, shoot, even African. If we actually had that sense of community, we would never have these conversations. Ooh, so come on now. I really do not want to hear anything like, what do you bring Look. to the table? No more. Not from no man, not from no woman. Like, please, Nobody. please let it go. Absolutely. <laughs> and that that is it's very good that you say that because my last our last episode, I had my sisters on and we we talked about the value of uh community, especially with within like relationships, raising families and stuff like that. And yeah, we all tired of that conversation. So yeah. uh mm-hmm. <laughs> please free my people from the grips of what do you bring to the table? Okay, go outside, get you some fresh air, okay, drink some water. Yes. Some some ain't going right. No, absolutely. That's a very good point. And I think especially like a lot of times those conversations, they they skip in some levels. Like you talking about some, well, I ain't going to date no man if he can't buy me no whole house. You haven't even texted him back. What, how, why would he be buying you a house? house? You met him two days ago at TJ Maxx. Uh, We, you don't know this man. Um, How? even if you did text him back, maybe you don't even really have a headboard. Like, let's get to it. Yeah. You don't even have real dishes. So if he buys you this house, what are you going to do with it? Because it's, it's not going to be a home. It's not. So, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, it's a reality check on both sides. There, there, there are. There definitely are. And I think uh, another one of the things that we as a community need to be free from, because the, the rest of the international community has done enough of this, we need to stop being delusional. Okay? We, we need need to be realistic we need to be ferociously for real in in today's day and age um, yeah. because being delusional it has never gotten us anywhere okay we we can keep pretending let that uh that shit don't stink but it do and it, it ain't gonna get us nowhere if we keep yeah we definitely delusional that's a good one yeah. no, we we be from that, though. i think so 
you know, I, I it has always been my belief that I think like we think being delusional, especially in just like because I and, and don't get it. Don't get me wrong. Like, I definitely think that we need to think highly of ourselves and we need to value ourselves. But we we out here competing with them, like with, with the white man, y'all. And uh, I, I don't I don't want to I don't really want to be like them people. So if we release some of the delusion and we realize that you know the the community that we need and the the bridges that we need to build are for us and us alone that's when we gonna start seeing things clearly and I think because it, it is very delusional to think you know we don't need one another there's no common ground and all that yeah. kind of individualist stuff that has been passed on to us by white supremacy like who don't don't get me on a tangent, y'all? Because you, you probably oh, yeah. heard and even to the extent of like, if we're not agreeing, I'm okay. tired of if somebody just does not see your point of view, you don't have to beat them over the head with oh, the no. same talking points every time and again. If this woman says that she wants to be a kept woman and work for, and, and stay at home and raise children, and you don't want your woman to do that, that is not the woman for you. Exactly. And just leave it there. Yeah. Put it on the floor and leave it there. Honestly. Because at this point, it's like, and I think as Black people too, this is the part of the delusion that I agree with. I think all of us deserve love. Mm, we deserve I- to feel safe. We deserve to feel seen and secure. Whatever mm-hmm. you need to do that, do that as long as it's not hurting somebody else's idea of those things. But Absolutely. We're also still in this crabs in a barrel mentality to where if I see somebody getting theirs and I'm not getting mine or this person is living in this dream Mm -hmm. or reality that I feel is delusional, I need to knock you down a few pegs because I'm Mm -hmm. not there. You need to get some therapy. You need to get some self-love. You need to find Jesus. Like, it's just, that's where I'm at. And I think- even just kind of going back to like the spill it thing. One of the things that I appreciate about our card game is we always try to tell people there is no right or wrong answer. Mm-hmm. Like absolutely, the answer is the, the wrong answer is the answer that you're beating somebody over the head with, or you're making somebody feel bad for thinking about that thing differently. Like we all have different lived experiences. We, we all might be black at the end of the day, but we all from different sides of the tracks. Mm. So you know, you might have experienced something this way. This person experienced something that way. That doesn't make your experience invalid. That doesn't make theirs invalid. Nobody is wrong here. You're wrong if you don't understand that there's different perspectives. Because that Absolutely. just means that you're a little obtuse. Mm. Yeah. I, I heard that. And I, that is a, I, I think that's something that I, first of all, one of the things that I say consistently on this podcast is please get up and go find yourself a therapist. I, wherever you are right now, you, you probably sitting on your phone, scrolling on TikTok, um, watching all these jokes and dances and whatnot in the same two fingers you can type where therapist near me. So uh, if you're listening to this, please find you a therapist. But it and let me say, I agree and I feel like podcasts like this are important, but it is not therapy. Like oh, no. it is the start of a conversation or a start of unraveling things. And I also feel like people are just grabbing mics or just using podcasts to as as a form of therapy, just to you know either to align with their values mm-hmm. or to avoid doing the work on themselves. Absolutely. And it, this is it's not that. That's not what it's supposed to be. It's just it's supposed to just bring light to some issues maybe you haven't dealt with, mm-hmm. maybe different perspectives, and then you work on you. 
Oh with yeah, somebody who is trained to help you work through those issues. Oh, oh yeah, because you'll mess around and find a podcast that you love, but you don't found a community of other traumatized people, and now you're Ooh. all traumatized. Like you're all trauma bonding mm-hmm. on the exact same talking points. Like, oh yeah, mm, yeah, men ain't shit. Ooh, oh yeah, yeah. these women. Uh, like you're all talking about these experiences from your bed. It's dark. You haven't washed your ass. Ooh. You haven't even touched a woman in a couple of years. And you talking about women taking your money. And you only make seven twenty five an hour. Oh, what Lord. money is there to take? Oh, Lord. If, if, if you should be worried about anybody taking your money, it's Uncle Sam, honey. Go vote. Right. We can get these taxes lower. Uncle Sam okay. and your landlord. <laughs> that, look, you, that... All of this stuff I completely agree with. I tell everybody on this show every week, okay? I might tell y'all about my trifling ass past, but me and my therapist unpack this <laughs> shit every week, okay? We be doing good work. <laughs> so don't get it twisted because I, I wasn't shit before, but I'm working on it now. So. Hey, I'm a little bit better. No, that's right. No, absolutely. And one of the things that I think is especially important because I one of the things I try not to do on my podcast every week is I, I'm not having those, oh well, what do you think about a relationship and what do you like I, I want to talk about stuff that liberates us. How do we create community? How do we get better educated? Yeah. How do we work on our mental health? How do we break generational curses? And how do we just be on bullshit? You know, one of the things that my therapist <laughs> teaches me every fucking week, she's like, girl, you do not have to, you ain't got to revolt every week. Go get you a margarita. And I'm like, you right. You are absolutely right. Sometimes you got to release some of that stress and you just got to have you some fun because we we always going to be going through it especially as a people but right. sometimes and honestly can, like things that. aren't really that deep like it's it's not life is fun like absolutely life is amazing it is what it should be like really what a time to be alive for real like we not everything is doesn't have to be that deep it's not that serious like life is really just not that serious did you die yes or no if you live yeah. you live on to fight another day and to have fun another day like I don't know. This is a people. That's that's what I want for my people. I, I want us to have fun. I want us to enjoy things. And I want us to be aware. You know, I never want us to forget, you yeah. know, we had to go through to get to this point. But I never want any of my people to feel bad about having fun, about taking a break, about getting some rest, okay, having a, a beneficial conversation because those are all of the things that we need to have to keep ourselves sane. Like ever at the end of the day, like you should never want to put yourself in that box where you can never take a break from those things that are constantly in the media cycle. And, you know, I, I as a Milwaukeean, some of the things that I'm always seeing is, you know, the Kia boy is always stealing something. Yeah, yeah. 50,000 people getting locked up for something. Somebody done shot somebody. Somebody done robbed somebody. There's always something going on in the city that I live in. And I recognize that I can be a part of that change by just creating a space where people feel comfortable being themselves because i i don't know some niggas and some in this city baby you not hard okay i know you want to draw okay i know you want to sing i know you want to <laughs> i know you want to act okay you not hard okay or i, I know you really want to be in a relationship and you want to be in love like okay i know i know baby I know. Look, bro. but also yeah. i feel like what you're I think one of the best things that we can do is also, especially like just being from, and Christian's from Detroit too, so she kind of gets this. Oh, like, yeah, absolutely. 
of it's just being just knowing that like yes these things are going on but this does not define me like I think at a very young age I knew my life was bigger than Milwaukee like I just I don't think that God created us to be very mediocre it, everything in the Bible mm. talks about abundance so it's just it's, it's crazy to me to think that like we're made in God's image and I'm and I'm mediocre or I'm less than or I'm average like mm. everything he does is grand like look at look at nature look at the trees look at the animals look at our the life cycle of just everything around us like everything is done very meticulous and abundance and grand so i knew from a young age this is not going to define it like i see these things going on but i'm bigger than this mm-hmm. and just having that vision for me i think inspired the friends around me and inspired me to be like oh i could come back to my city and do great things like i can go off get an education i can start a business i can I can be a mentor and give good things to back to the city to change a perspective, whether it's just one or two or a hundred, it doesn't matter, but you are encouraging somebody to be like, you know what? I just don't, I don't really have to be bogged down or like take all these bad things to heart. Like mm-hmm. my life can still be bigger than this and I can come back and help my community, but you got to know that, you know, you have a life outside of Absolutely. this and it's bigger than, than what you're seeing on every day. So knowing that truth for yourself, I feel like it's one of the best things that you can do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And to be that example, because I think, too, a lot of times people who recognize their star power, their God-given abilities, their uniqueness, that thing that makes them feel like I'm supposed to be here for something greater. Sometimes, especially when you're in the face of people or you're in a, you're from a city where people don't see that. And once you wake up and you like, okay, I'm gonna go do this on a third and you come back and you're like, well, why aren't these people doing what I'm doing? I came from this and I did. You have to also give those people grace enough to recognize that they one need to have their own awakening of their own. Like you can't just be, I, I like you, they sleep in bed. What do you look like? pouring water over their head to wake them up like now you look like the enemy Mm. now you look like the person that is one judging two flaunting everything that you got in front of them and then three you gonna get up out here and leave anyway and not come back for nothing and so I think like part of the strategy or solution to a lot of these things is one to give people grace to have their own awakening which means hey if you don't see it from my perspective that's okay I'm mm-hmm. just gonna walk this walk and you're gonna see me standing authentically on the things that I say that I'm going Absolutely. to do the things that I believe in and I'm going to show you that it's possible um I know like for me and my city there's constantly all those things going on and I have beautiful, beautiful nieces, beautiful, beautiful cousins that have a certain perspective that can have a certain perspective on life if I'm not consistent in the way that I'm making sure that they see me doing what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Because they already know that it's possible, but they can look at me and see that it's possible. And then they Mm -hmm. go to school and they don't have art classes. Mm. They go to school and they are there's metal detectors when they walk in and they're in the third grade. Mm-hmm. And so how do you combat the policing of bodies and the questioning of their humanity every single day? You also have to try to show by example 
the things that you're doing Mm -hmm. that are breathing life into you. And in doing so, they see that it's possible because otherwise they're not going to know. And that's also one of the main reasons why we all, once you make it, your first thing should be, how do I go back? Mm. Because if you just go and you get your piece of the pie, I got my square and I'm, I'm, I'm good here. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna move to the hills. I'm gonna move away. I'm not gonna come back. Nah, mm-hmm. th- th- these people are ungrateful. Whatever, whatever. The cycle continues. It does. You didn't learn anything from this, and on top of that, you took away from what white supremacy does, which is come in, take all the resources for yourself. Ooh, girl, say that, <laughs> and then turn around and look at everybody else and say, "Well, why couldn't you pull yourself up by your bootstraps?" Mm-hmm. They don't have straps. Matter of fact, they don't even have boots. Man, oh. Not even a sock. What are we talking about? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I I definitely think that that really outlines the power of community. Like communities are strong when you have people who found a way to make it and found a way to share that journey with others. Yeah. how to uplift people on that journey because I, I I never wanted to be even if because I'll be I'll be telling people all the time I know I'll be talking shit on here and I'll be offending white people all the time so I ain't never gonna make it <laughs> so but if I were ever in a position where I could I could give back even if that giving back to my community is just telling other black girls who look like me who have had the same experiences as me like girl I did it you can do it too here's how you can uplift others around you and yourself and empower yourself Giving back to just what something outside of yourself is the greatest feeling in the world. Being something, uh, being a part of something larger than yourself, because nobody that has ever been truly influential has never touched the heart of somebody else. They, they, they. Even if it's unintentional, because I know sometimes people are in these positions of power and they, they, they don't want to look back and oh well, you know, once you get out, you can't, you can't turn around or some whatever the saying is. Even if it's unintentional, but there is nobody who, even if it's a, a nigga who ain't shit like Floyd Mayweather, uh, he he might be standing up on his pedestal, but unintentionally, he has inspired people who came right. from the same situation as him to pursue a, a dream in a similar capacity. And, and I think that that is one of the best things that we can do as people, because I don't aspire to be like white people just taking all the resources giving them for myself and then going hiding out somewhere that's that that is exactly how we got in this white supremacist capitalist shit show we are in right now okay that's why half my check is taxes okay we we need to do something right (laughs) but you know even going back to that it's like in the bootstrap kind of metaphor but then also this thing about community Mm -hmm. it's not that that one person that made it needs to come back and fix everything. Oh no. But as a community, if you know that you have somebody that is excellent in finances, trading, financial freedom, financial wealth, maybe that's the sector of the black issue that you need to take on. That's that might be the soles of the boot. Then you got the next person over here that is what's horticulture, the people that garden and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Nutritionists, whatever. Maybe those people need to come in to black communities. Like if everybody owns, okay, this is my square. This is where I shine. This is how I made it out. Maybe make sure that you're also building a future community, a future generation of people that can take up what it is that you're doing. Mm-hmm. So that's the mentorship piece. That's the leading by the I example piece. But then also, even in, if you incorporate America, I mean, we're doing this right now. We're trying to build up, up spill it to be this 
thing that gets people talking and gets people having fun and all those things within our community. But we're using our corporate jobs. We're using the things that the tools that we're using that are getting us from point A to point B and putting that and investing it back into something that is going to do something for the community. If all of us do that, I think we'd be in a much better position. We can argue semantics mm-hmm. about the the hows and the whys of if it, if we all need to go vegan or if we all can still eat meat. I mean, I know a lot of people that will not give up bacon. Ooh. I mean, but do we want to get stuck on the fact that these people don't want to eat bacon or that people don't have grocery stores and fresh food? Like Amen. when we get stuck on like the nuances of conversation and not the root of the issue, mm-hmm. we're not going to get nothing done. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that I think or one of the things that I see that ties back into this is kind of the point we were making about uh, we got to let go of being delusional. And I think uh, a lot of that is comparison, because I think now in the age of social media, you can get online and you can see people who you perceive as doing better than you or in a different place than you or something like that. And that that makes you feel like you haven't accomplished anything or that you're not in a position that you should be. And let me just first say that a lot of these niggas is lying, y'all. They got a Porsche because they done stole somebody's credit card. Okay, get them people their money back. And second they of went all, to- <laughs> exactly. Right. Get them pe- okay, if you if you a scammer and you listening to this, get them people their debit card back. It ain't yours. And second <laughs> of all, comparison should never steal your joy because one person's right. journey is never going to reflect or mirror the journey of another person. Right. And it's true. As as the point that you made, your skills, you know, you might not be the celebrity who can invest, you know, $3 million in the community center, but, you know, the skills you done learned on your job of being organized and being efficient, you can help this community center run. And, and that's what people need, community centers, sustainable groceries to all kinds of resources in the community. So that comparison of you, well, well, I can't, I can't give three racks like that guy. Get, we no, They don't just need three racks. Right. They that is not your ministry it's not it's not and that's not that man's credit card let me reiterate okay (laughs) don't belong to him (laughs) i I, I like your point with that and like i i I know we said it wasn't gonna get deep and then here we are but that's the show that's that's what i do (laughs) but building a community is not just doing community work like we need somebody who is organized or who has good people still mm-hmm. skills to be in these Fortune 500 companies to let us in. Like just mm. because I, I'm, you can uh, you can impact change just where you are. So like no matter if you are in college, in high school, in corporate America, if you are an entrepreneur, if you're working for a nonprofit, you don't have to actually be active, a community activist. Everybody know me in here. I start this nonprofit. You can be a regular, regular person working a job and letting other people in, creating avenues, moving up in the ranks, like breaking glass ceilings because we need all of that. And everybody has a different journey. So like my strength or your strength might not be like, okay, I really can't come back to my hometown or be in a community like this, but I work for this Fortune 500 company and I I have a say in who the interns are. I have a say in who they're they're selecting to be um, to move up in the ranks, and I'm a part of the HR discussions. That is just as much impact, like, or I have a say in the campaign that's going to be approved for marketing. So there's not another incident like H and M with the monkeys on a t-shirt and the black boy wearing it. Like mm. that's just as impactful as somebody else as somebody saying like, oh, let me give three grand to this community center. Like now you're saying like, okay, 
there's a head of HR. I mean, there's a head of marketing at H&M. Like, I didn't even know we could do that position. Like, I didn't even know those things were available to me. So we need all of that in every lane. So it's not just one. It's not it's not just one sided. It's not just like, oh, I have to be in the community. I have to be an activist. I have to be this or that. Or people have to see me like, no, you are impactful just where you are. There's this book that I read called A Million Little Ways. And it talks about how, like, God didn't create you for just one purpose, but you're meant to spark purpose in a million different ways, depending on your lifetime. So that one compliment that you gave to somebody probably changed their day. Like Mm. that one teacher that, you know, told you that you were great at writing, like inspired you to be a writer and now you're a best-selling author. But that was that one moment that was just as much purposeful as any, anything else. You're supposed to impact change in a million different ways. You don't know it. So somebody's always watching and listening and, and looking at you. So whatever stage of life that you're in, as long as you keep keep doing your journey, like you said, like it's not about anybody else or a comparison. You do you run mm. your race and do what you're good at. You and if you see other people getting blessed, you know they say, if I see my neighbor getting blessed, I mean God is in the neighborhood. Just know that yours Look, is coming your way. You gotta stay the course, like, and everything else will fall into place. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. That's such a good point, and I think. We, we being blessed and having, you know, things come to you, it might not always be like, you know, I, I, I don't got, I don't want $20,000. I don't, right. I don't got the car that I wanted. You could get yep. the job that you, that needed, that you needed to align yourself. You could find a friend that actually supports you and listens to you and encourages you and, and speaks life into you. Those are all leveling up because let me tell you, when I was 19 and I had trifling ass friends that just wanted to do Molly and go to the club all the time, I wasn't accomplishing nothing. We was all, everybody, we all leaving the club, walking sideways, three o'clock in the morning, ain't got no job, ain't got nothing. What we celebrating? Being broke? Yeah, we need to go home. All right. We, we need to put, we need to put the bottles down. But, you know, when I leveling up and finally having, having friends revealed to me that were on my on my side the whole time that wanted to support me wanted to see me win and encouraged me you know oh my you funny you engaging like start a podcast do something and originally they told me to start a youtube channel y'all but as y'all know on this show i rebuke the spirit of video editing in the name of jesus so uh we we had to compromise the podcast but (laughs) When I found those friends, that was a level up. That was a blessing as well. Yeah. It wasn't just yeah. the times when I received money or I bought a car or I got a house or something like that. It was it was all of those things, you know, that that got me here and made me feel supported and seen and heard and valued within my community. Yeah, and that is a part of your community now. It is. You know what I'm saying? Like it that is. and that is a part of affecting the community because you're now one better individual. Mm-hmm. Because of who you surrounded yourself with, Absolutely. And now you can go be a better individual to someone else. Absolutely, you know? and that's community too, right? Like I think sometimes when we talk about community and we talk about like the black community and these spheres of influence, we get they get very big and very intimidating. Mm. And I think the most important thing when we're talking about community, I mean, even if you just start at the fam familial level of the people that are around you currently. I'm not talking about the the agenda to destroy the black family. I'm not talking about that. Mm-hmm. Whoever is in your household right now, what are the things that you can do to pour into them, to show exactly. up for them? And because a lot of times we get stuck on these lofty debates about what all those things look like, but you you got a nephew that's flunking out of classes 
Meanwhile, you in and out of the house do, doing, running the streets, whatever, when you should be sitting down helping that kid learn how to read. Mm-hmm. That's community. Absolutely. Making sure that your grandmother's, you know, groceries stay full in the refrigerator. So, yeah, you know what? Every Saturday I go I go down to my grandma's house, making sure that she's good, bringing her her groceries, making sure she's got her mail. I might run a couple of things up there. You know, if they got a Macy's credit card, they don't know how to use the online one. So I pay it for once a month. Like that's community. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys saw that video of um, the guy. He normally does like the um, food reviews. But he had an old neighbor that was in his old apartment building that he would look out for. I think she had dementia or something like that. Okay. So one day he went and he checked on her. It's just like, mm-hmm. you know, you were on my mind. I just felt like I needed to check on you. And, you know, let me get you some groceries. He comes back, gives her the groceries. On the way out, he was just like, I just need God to, like, show me that she's going to be okay. There was, a, I think, a cousin or some, a relative of the mm-hmm. old, older woman saying, hey, you know, do you know so-and-so? And he was just like, yeah, I used to live next door to her. I was just coming to check on her. And he's like, well, I usually come up here once a month to make sure that she's got her allowance and that she's got whatever she needs. Mm -hmm. But how often, and when we talk about mental health and we talk about suicide and we talk about all these other issues that are going on in the Black community, it's because people are so stuck on the big that even just you walking by somebody and telling somebody, hey, I see you. They, they, mm. they might be slumped over and they might be struggling, but it's like, I see you. I acknowledge your presence. I acknowledge that you are a human being, how far that goes. That's community. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what, y'all, this, 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 this is the kind of stuff I like to get into on my podcast. See, I, I love, <laughs> I, I told y'all we, we going to get into it. That was beautiful. And I, I, I definitely, I can feel that, that spirit that you all have coming through in this game. I really can that the kind of questions and the kind of things that we were able to talk about, especially at the event, like, look, I, I can feel that coming through because look, and I, and I got a, this is a nice a, a nice segue because I, I got a couple of cards that I done pulled out and I was like, you know what? Let's 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 give them a little taste, a little taste. Of, we like we like it. We like some card questions. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's uh let, let's pull out a couple of them. Okay. Uh oh, this one I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and ask this one. Um, share a time when your family has absolutely embarrassed you. Mm. I'll tell you. Okay. Well, it, it's it's halfway embarrassment, but I was also like really like, man, y'all fucks with the kids. Like I actually kind of <laughs> liked it. Like when I think about it back, like I liked it. So I had told my mom, and this is like for my college graduation. I told my mom, I was like, you know, if y'all want to put my my face on a stick, I think that's cool. Like y'all could do that. So she, you know, got one of my selfies from like Instagram or Facebook and she had ordered a whole bunch of these faces on a stick. Now, first part of embarrassment was that my face was huge, <laughs> like from face to like stick. That thing was at least a good 28 inches. Like it was big. It was like TV size big. So I saw that and I was like, oh, Lord. Like my face is that big. I thought it was gonna be something small. So, but no, abundance. 
And um, so we get to, you know, the convocation center where they're having the ceremony at. And, you know, after the ceremony, I'm walking out and people are like, oh, congratulations. I saw your face. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You saw my face. My, You know, my family was using my face as like signs to flag each other down, signs to point to where the bathroom is, signs to point to where I'm at. Like, I I, I was a, I was a, a like a... a directional sign at that point and so all these people walking around like girl you did that I saw your family they was rolling deep we I, they helped me get to the bathroom I'm like oh my goodness <laughs> oh my god they're probably giving them out look like, here, you need something <laughs> you walk outside your family landing planes with your face like yeah right. come on down the runway mm-hmm. put, it, put it down slowly you know look, get the landing gear prepared Okay. That is funny. That is funny. I have um I have a family nickname. And when I was younger, I still have it. And when I was younger, I always had this rule with my family, like, you cannot call me this in public. Like mm. in public, no, especially in those early years where it's embarrassing. And my dad called me that one time and all my classmates was like, Oh my gosh, so and so. Um, I'll share it here, but so my nickname is, it's a variety of things, but the origin is Poo or Pooter. So like Pooter, 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 Pooter Ray. Um, Lex, let me find out we got the same nickname. Poo Poo, like whatever, whatever it is, like that's my family. So um, I used to run track for a long time and every summer at AAU. And one time, like, all of my family came to one of my races, and I used to do, like, a long jump and triple jump. So sometimes when you're doing long jump and triple jump, there's no races going on, so people are just watching the jumps. And then, like, I'm getting ready to go, and all I hear is, like, pooter, pooter, pooter. And I look, and I was like, are y'all serious? Like, I think, I think, I think, I don't even think, I, I told them, I was like, no, cut it. Like, and then everything just went silent. Like, I was like, ah, I was so, I couldn't even concentrate. I think I scratched all three jumps, like, meaning that I didn't get, I went over the line and I didn't get no jumps recorded because my whole mental was thrown off because then everybody was just like, that's you? That They was calling you? You that person? And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And mind you, at the time, our track team was filming a documentary so it was cameras following me around everywhere. So I got these cameras. I got these other other kids like, okay, who is this girl with the cameras? And then I got everybody shouting my nickname. And I was just like, this is so embarrassing. Like, oh, my God. They're just like, pooter. Mm, mm. <laughs> all the boys, like, oh, my God. All the girls, just like, that's you? And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, y'all cannot do that no more. Like. No more. We just got so excited. Well, that's a black but nickname for sure. It's always the nicknames. It's always the nicknames. Mm-hmm. I, look, if it's one thing my parents gonna do, it's embarrass the hell out of me. Like I, I, I for a while I ain't had no friends, so every single solitary time I left the house, I'm with my mama. So I, I, me and my parents used to be three deep in the grocery store together, just rolling. Like this is we we hanging out. So I'm in the grocery store, both of my parents. And, you know, my mom is my mom. She knows pretty much everything. So I have very sensitive skin. and I had gotten chemical burn for something. And my mama is on uh, the ointment aisle. And I'm, I'm minding my business, you know, trying to find me some hot flamings. 
And a guy that I had known from high school walks up to me. You know, he we getting reacquainted. Oh, what you been up to? You look good. Woo woo. All all that all that familiarity. And here go my mama from two aisles over, going, Sierra, you want the ointment with the aloe vera in it or the shea butter? <laughs> and I was like, I I don't know who Sierra is, but it sounds like she needs to take know. care of her skin. Um, I, I don't need any ointment anymore. It's not. I. I don't need it. And then my dad walks around the aisle because I guess I wasn't responding fast enough. And he was like, uh, if we get this icy hot, you might get some relief from the burning sensation. And I was like, who the fuck told you I had a burning sensation? (laughs) I'm just making up symptoms at this point. And here come my mama. She said, well, I just got the one with the aloe in case there's any lingering irritation. I said, "All pack everything up and get out this grocery store right pack now. Pack it up. Pack it up. We're going. The coupons back in the envelope. We're not buying oh, nothing. Get out. <laughs> pack it up. That's, that is such like a dad to come in making up symptoms. <laughs> like making up symptoms. Now, you know ain't nobody told you I had no burn. You know, but you know, they gonna know Icy Hot because Shaq do the Icy Hot commercials. They do. So, so he, he said, gonna he know some Icy Hot. He, he said, gonna know that right Icy Hot. He goes to the gym every now and again. You know, he might even run a game of basketball too. So he been using oh, that man. one. Oh my, that's that's something like my dad would do. Like he, he my dad look, my daddy saw that Icy Hot. He said, "This right here, yeah, this gonna do it to him." I, put it down. <laughs> put it down. Exit the aisle. <laughs> Exit the aisle immediately. Look. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, yeah. allow for you. You could have texted me. We all got cell phones. What are you doing right now? <laughs> oh my gosh. That's hilarious. That is a good one. That's <laughs> Look, a good one. That's good. Okay. And what is that one? That one is, uh, oh, this one is a three glasses of wine one right there. So take three we usually, right. we usually say do this before you ask the question. Oh, okay. He has to do it because usually everybody should be answering this question. So. Got you. Okay. Here is a, okay. Here is, unless, uh, does somebody else have one? Cause I got another good one right here. Oh, you can do, you can do yours and then I'll, I'll do one after you. Okay. So here is one. You just saw a close friend's significant other on a date with someone else. Do you intervene or do you mind your business? Oh, that's a good one. I think my stance on this is very clear. I'm the type to get into stealth mode, like... I I'm a I'm a product of like the early 2000s. Mm. So Spy Kids was very big in my house. I will turn into a secret agent. I will take pictures. I will crawl up out of there into the bathroom. I'm gonna call my friend. Be like, hey, we have a mission. This is what's going down. I'm briefing her on everything that's going down. What do you want me to do? Do you want me to wait for you to get here? Do you want me to stall so he doesn't leave? I'm pretty sure he hasn't seen me. What do you want? Send her the information. Be like, I, do you know this girl? Is this a, okay. is this a fam- family member? What, what What's going on here? Do you want me to air this shit out? What Tough. do you want? Look, and if she okay. says, I'm going to handle it when I get, when you get home, don't, don't, don't do nothing. Okay. I'm going to go sit down and finish right. my meal. Right. I'm going to mind my business. All right. All right. If on the other hand, she's like, air that shit out, I'm airing shit out. Immediately. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's tough. Because <laughs> I feel like my answer always changes for this one because I don't know. Like, maybe it's maturity. I don't know. But 
you can't really it's hard to tell women about their men like it's it is your friend it's just it really is they're gonna do what they want to do and i'm thinking like well, what what i want to know like and even if i didn't know he was seeing somebody else and that what if i didn't tell my friends and i just didn't want to confront mm-hmm. that issue at the time you know what i'm saying so i don't I would, I would definitely take a picture. I would watch them. Like I would mm-hmm. watch and see how they interact. Cause I'm just mm. like, okay, maybe my thing is like, maybe I'm blowing this out of proportion because I could do that sometimes. Mm-hmm. So let me see how they react. Are they touching? How they hold their hands? Cause it could be a sister. It could be a boss. It could be a potential client. Like, I don't know. So I will wait it out without him seeing me. I would probably take a couple pictures and then before he leaves, I would definitely be like, I would go up and be like, hey, how you doing? Nice to see you. And then I would say, I just talked to my friend so-and-so like, oh, yeah, she told me that y'all went, I don't know, canoeing last week. How was that? Like, I would make it known that mm, like, you know, my friend. That's a good one. And yeah, like I see you. That's but a I, good do, one. I do need to watch you. Now, if I tell her, I am going to tell her, I'm like, hey, like, I just saw so-and-so um at at the restaurant. Like, and she and then she says, like, oh yeah, I knew he was there. Da, 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 da. And I was like, Yeah, um, the girl he was seemed pretty nice too. And if she just like, Oh yeah, that's her cousin, that's his cousin, that's his da da da. da. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be like, all right, that's all I that's all I'm gonna say. I'm gonna allude to it. But if she wanna know more details, she'll ask me. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I'm like, um, and I could tell her what I saw, what I witnessed. Okay. And I'm like, hey, you do with the information as you will. And I'm not going to bring it up no more. Gotcha. No. Yeah. No. That And you're right. It is it is real hard to tell women about they men. But look, when it comes to, I, I'm definitely, you know, not going to pull a, oh, Sheila driving up the mountain to save her marriage. And I'm in here lying about what her man doing. That's absolutely mm-hmm. not going to happen. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. We, we definitely not going to be, I'm not going to have my friend lingerie shopping with the girl. Talk about something. Oh, Michael think this is cute. Now, you know, damn well, this thing ugly as hell. <laughs> yeah, that's not happening. And I think of all of the things that I have worked on in therapy uh that's not one of them yeah we we I might fight you yeah um I'm I'm a first I'm gonna ask my friend where this man told you he was gonna be and if you say anything other than in this restaurant in front of me yeah I'm getting on FaceTime yeah here go your girlfriend uh, order her the nacho supreme she says she wants something to eat too because you're trifling that that's that's it's not going down like this I'm, I might sit at the table with you and be like yeah let me get a ginger ale uh let me get a, a order of chips and salsa <laughs> Because we having a conversation right now. Yeah, we, we just going to wait till she get here. I sent her to Uber three minutes ago. It says she on uh 17th and Atkinson. She'll be here in three minutes. It, it's not going down like that. Oh, 17th and Atkinson <laughs> is crazy. You know, you brought up a good point because what, were they wrong on, um oh, why did I get married? Like, was yeah. the friend? They were absolutely wrong, especially to have her in that girl's face. Like, I can understand if she not coming on the trip and, you know, you want to have that conversation privately, but she came on the trip. She y'all in the lingerie store together and she like, and she advocating for that girl to your face. You need to be nice to her. Well, she being nice to your man. I feel like a snide comment or something could have been made. Like Angela was trying though. Angela was. was really trying. They were and really like- stifling her. Yeah, because she wanted to so many times. As soon as Sheila gets here, I'm letting her know. Absolutely. Angie, no, we can't do that. We don't know how she's going to handle it. Well, we know because she hit the nigga with a bottle. He almost died. Yeah, Should have so. done better. I, should've, he should have. Uh, she should have just think she said when she was in that hotel room, did I kill him? 
know. <laughs> he's gonna have one bad headache in the morning. I should have killed him. Yeah, you should have killed yeah. him. No, that's that's a good. You know what? I didn't, I didn't think about that, but I don't think I could have done that. I would have been like, as soon as Sheila came, I'd have been like, "How well do you know this girl? Like, how yeah. how well how well do you know Trina?" Exactly. She's like, "That's a good friend." I was like, "I don't know. I don't like the way she's looking at your man. I don't I don't like that interactions. I'm not with it. But that's your friend. I'm gonna be cool with her because that's your friend. But I don't like her. Like, absolutely. They. I'm all. I, something could have been said, and the fact that they said absolutely nothing. That's what got me. Like you didn't even you you not even a not even a comment not even a oh I'm tired of this trick ass bitch like y'all just in here being nice asking her if she wants some grits like th- this is no way to behave. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah that that's true. I don't, I don't think I could have done this. I think the blunt part of me would have been like I don't like her. I just want to let you know. Yeah, but then the mind your business ministry part of me would have been like that's not I can't get involved. And I, Angela did all of that. Because remember when she had told, I'm sick of this trick, get her out of here. And then Sheila was like, why are you being so mean to her? She said, I don't like her. That's true. She like, did. She gave her every, they. she gave them as a collective every opportunity to have the conversation before that final dinner where everything just yep. went to hell. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like at, cer- at a certain point in time, like at, especially once he turned around and said, Trina ain't going nowhere with him. That was the straw that broke the camel's back. Absolutely. Who are you telling a single woman? Why can't she go out with? Yes. Yes. Tell us all, Mike. Mm -hmm. Why can't this single woman go out with a single (laughs) man? Why can't? I I knew that. I was like, I know that's right. Why why she can't go nowhere? What what she got going on? Who she tied to, Mike? Right. Yeah, no. Angela did try. But I felt like. How didn't the other two be like I, back at not okay? Angela's delivery, I think, is off, and they know her. But the other two could have calmly been like, "I don't like her either." I know Angela's a little bit, you know, she the wild child, but she got a point. Like I'd have been like, "She, she got a point." I don't like her either. I don't get good vibes from her, but that's your friend. Whatever. Oh yeah, you know what? They is wrong. I gotta go back and rewatch that. <laughs> I'm telling you, you gotta rewatch it. We could stay on the phone. and I could quote it. And word, 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 word. Okay. Bar. that's my movie right there especially when she was on that train and he was like can you put that drink down for a while can you go, you to, go to hell, hell for a while, while? Oh, yeah. excuse me Miss Fifi is trying to sleep I don't give a damn about, about Fifi, Fifi. <laughs> I try to have a conversation with my husband I heard them smart remarks oh, don't even get me started <laughs> okay that that is funny. those are good ones those are some good questions I saw those and I was like yeah this gonna get them right here yeah yeah we love a good scenario. We love a good scenario. Oh, that was good. And y'all got me thinking. See, that's why I like the game. Because now I'm thinking about stuff I didn't even think about before. Yeah. But you know what? I hope and I pray that none of my friends have to deal with some trifling ass. Ooh. Partners Amen. To where they even, I even have to be put in a situation to get brought into it. Because a lot of times it really is kill the messenger. It is. Yeah. It really yeah, is. That's true. That's very true. Yeah. I definitely they know what they like doing that. with they little with they little peen peen. I mean, shoot, you get digmatized and that nigga say jump, you gonna say how high? True, that's true. But that's why I always that's why I feel like it's important to have different type of friends. In it your is friend group. like I I appreciate my wild real pop off friends. That's just like what you want me to do because I'm pulling up at the table and I'm sitting with them with the girl. You mm. know what I'm saying? Like, I appreciate those. And I also appreciate my very chill friends. It's just like, all right, I ain't really say nothing to them. 
but I just want to let you know this is what I saw. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's important to have all aspects because you kind of need it. You kind of yeah, that balance. Yeah, that yeah. balance. Absolutely. Ooh, that's a good one. Oh, that is a good one. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> Um, do we have time for one more? Or do you want to? Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, okay. Let's do one more. And this one is from our family deck. Okay. Um, that I love playing with my friends and of course my family as well. But they're just good, good topics and good, good stories that come out of this one. So this one is two sits, and it says, "You made it home from school and hung around the house all day." Suddenly, your mom pulls up and it clicks. You forgot to do what? A, pull the chicken out the freezer. B, clean your room. C, bring the trash bin back. Or D, you're not supposed to watch TV because you're on punishment. Shit. It was definitely the chicken in the freezer for me. For me, it's a combination of all of those. Mom mom was about to make some chicken wings, and I forgot to put them in the freezer or soak them in the vinegar and the lime to, you know, clean it. So that way all she had to do when she got back was season it. Or it was supposed to be taco night, and so I needed to grab the ground beef out the refrigerator, and I done forgot. So now I'm sitting there trying to get the water hot and put it in the water, but then take it out so I don't want to burn the top of it. Mm -mm, Mm -hmm, Right? Look. Oh, man, that is a good one. I think for me, it's probably that I'm watching TV because I was always on punishment. And we have I look, we have planning parents. So throughout the week, nobody ever had to take no meat out because my parents done made ribs, chicken, lamb, everything on Sunday. It's already made. So (laughs) we we I was either watching TV or clean. And when I tell you I was always on punishment, I for three consecutive years, I was grounded on my birthday. Like I, I I don't know what was going on, but I was giving my parents hell in that house. Okay. Uh, phone (laughs) confiscated TV privileges revoked. Okay. I can't go to nowhere, but to church and school. So (laughs) I can't talk to nobody. I took, I'm like, I got a phone at 13. I didn't see it till I was 16. Okay. (laughs) I didn't see that phone. I, I was constantly, man and don't oh and don't let don't let my mama pull up and my daddy pull up right behind her because my daddy do that trick where he he feel the back of the tv like yeah this motherfucker hot you was in here oh, oh, i was like damn because you know, damn, don't know the trick so my and we used to have a system because if you turn it on for 30 minutes and you turn it off for 10 it'll cool down but if i was like watching a movie or something i got ahead of myself I'm like, oh, he gonna feel this heat. <laughs> oh, that's see, I don't. My parents, they didn't do all of that, but I'm with you with D because I was constantly on punishment. Absolutely, like, constantly on punishment, and I could not talk on the phone or watch TV or all of that stuff. But I definitely was doing that. Look, and then the chicken out the freezer, I will always forget that. But it didn't really dawn on me until I got older. I'm just like, I will pull it out right, like, maybe 10 minutes before they came mm. home. And then my mom like, you did not take this freezer out. I'm like, how did how don't you even know I didn't take it out? Like, but I, yeah. it didn't dawn on me that it has to completely unthaw. I didn't even understand why I was taking it out the freezer. But I was like, I'm just going to take it out 10 minutes before she comes. It'll be fine. Mm. But <laughs> she always moved. But Look. the TV thing, yeah. Oh, Yeah. yeah. I was always on punishment. Thankfully, though, like, my parents are not very tech savvy. So, like, I could, like, finesse the parental controls. I could finesse, like, you know, the the computer or something like that. But that TV, because of that heat, oh, my daddy was going to give me every single solitary time. 
<laughs> and I was that's a good one. Or, um, I used to do, on a house phone or whatever. I used to have one in the room, but of course, all the calls come through. Mm-hmm. And like they're like, "Were well, you on the phone?" I'm like, "No," but then they'll press. If I forget to like delete the number, they'll go right into the history of who I just called or press Ooh. readout. And I'm like, "Dang, dang, now they know I was on the phone." And then boom, another week extended to my punishment. Look, and look, my parents, they had the little, the 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 phones that like, if you start a call on all the, all of the other phones light up. So like, I had to be real sneaky and wait till like they was all in the room together and then go try to sneak and start a call. Cause I didn't, because I was always grounded. I didn't get a phone till I was like 15. So I'm like trying to sneak and, oh, my parents didn't care about none of that. They not waiting to check the history. My mama getting on the phone. Who you on this phone talking to? And I'm like, God damn. <laughs> like, God damn. Like, hey, what's up? What's the kids? She done got me. I'm she like, got me. The jig is up. Just, just hang up. up. Hang it up. Hang it up. I'm going to call you up. Yeah. I, got, I can't even be on the phone. So, yeah, like, it, it got to be to watching TV for me because I stay grounded. I, shit, I'm probably still grounded to this day as much extensions as I got. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My mom be like, you going to get it all back? I can't wait till you have your daughter. Look, I'm like, all right, chill out. Man, chill out. I said, <laughs> I, I was like, the closest thing you're going to get to it is a grand dog. So, <laughs> a grand dog. So, I'm look, if I get a little chihuahua, yeah, it might be talking back, but <laughs> it ain't going to be stressing me out like this. Right, right. Cause I can't do it. Kids are stressful and they ungrateful. Man, I was very I, ungrateful. So ungrateful. I'm like, dang, I was really this selfish and ungrateful as a child. And it it really don't stop. I look when I tell you to this day, if I got if I if I got a little free time on my hand, I'm right at my mama's house taking stuff out of her fridge. Mm-hmm. I so it don't it don't never stop. A lot of Even people think products, all of that. Yeah, look, a lot of people think, oh, you know, when they're 18, they're gonna get out on their own. Nope. The tacos and the shredded chicken tacos and uh, Spanish rice I made last week. Every single solitary ingredient was gotten from the grocery store of my parents. <laughs> I love that. Oh, yeah. yeah. They, well, this has been great. Absolutely. So fun talking to I you. I am so yes, glad you guys were able to come on. I am definitely going to have to have you on again. All three of you in your full glory. Uh, but yeah thank you guys so much it is such a pleasure having you I am wishing you my sisters wanted to definitely tell you hello as well they very enjoyed yes. the event and I'm yes. wishing you all nothing but the best but I really hope everything aligns for you because this this is absolutely wonderful it really is yeah thank, thank you, you so for, much of course of course yeah, all right well this has you. been episode 13 thank you all out there for coming in for listening to us for joining us and y'all know what the fuck it is until next week stay blessed